Hey, dear listener, Anthony here. Before we hop into the show, I wanted to let you know about an incredible new resource we just released, The Five Rules of Investing. Dan and I are huge advocates of modeling the behaviors of the people who have done what you hope to do. And who better to model when it comes to investing than legendary investors like Warren Buffett, Howard Marks, and Ray Dalio? This free ebook breaks down the simple time-tested strategies of billionaire real estate investors that you can use to take your investing to the next level. So head over to InvictusMultifamily.com and grab your ebook today. All right, now let's hop into the show. Family Investing Made Simple. This is the podcast that's all about taking the complexity out of real estate investing so that you can take action today. I'm your host, Anthony Vecino. Join me, as always, by day. Just warming up, Kruger. Mm. 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 Dan, what's that mean, just warming up? You said that right as we started recording. You said, let's do let's do this episode as a warm-up. It's a short, it's a short episode. It's we do longs, way. we do shorts. A short, it's just more, it just seems easier going into it. A little bit less commitment overall. So Lower quality. It's just... If you didn't know, if you're listening to this um, as a, and you've been a longtime podcast listener, you might not realize that we do four different episodes, or is it three episodes per week? I don't know. Four or three, something like that. We do a Tuesday long episode mm-hmm. where Dan and I more or less just banter and go onto wild tangents for 30, 40 minutes. And then on Wednesdays, we do a book deep dive, which mm. uh, our goal is to try and save you time so you don't have to read a whole book. Rarely do we actually accomplish that goal. Uh, Fridays, we do a YouTube special. And then on Saturdays, which you're listening to now, hopefully, is a under 10-minute episode. Mm-hmm. These are our favorite episodes because we're like in and out, super fast, give you value. Like We've just been talking for a minute and a half just trying to like buy some time. I, I think honestly, I don't have much to talk about today. Honestly, I think the, the book deep dives are kind of my favorite. Because we can never find a damn book club that actually keeps going, and this is the closest thing we have. Yeah, every book club we've been a part of, they got like halfway through a book and then dissolved. just stopped showing up. So we decided Book Deep Dive <laughs> on Wednesdays is going to be our book club. Hopefully, you guys like it. Uh, by the way, we have the sophisticated investor notes. If you go to invictusmultifamily.com backslash notes, it will take you to a Dropbox folder that's full of like 15 notes, um, infographics. They're awesome. So, I believe you recently made a claim that that. Uh, it got done the same day. That is done. Yeah, so if you that listen to that amazing. episode where I made the, I, sh- I called my shot and said, I'll get this done by the end of the day, I did it. That's impressive. Yeah, yeah I thought so. I thought so. <laughs> uh, anytime I do the thing I say I do, uh, I, I'm impressed. Yeah. yeah. It's not like it's one of our core values or anything. <laughs> it's just like, what is the core value number two? Uh, we show up. or No, we lead with value. We show up. We do what we say. Oh, th- number three. Damn. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, leading, I'm living in alignment with Invictus's core values. So that's good. But today... Um, Thinking of core values, values are a great way of like measuring if you're being successful in life or not. Because I think it's a way of like framing the conversation around what do you value? What do you consider to be a win? How do you know you're succeeding at this game called life? And values kind of chalk that field. And I wanted to talk today about excluding our values. And we talk about like variables of success. What is the best predictor of success? So rich parents, rich parents, um, really good looks born like with a <laughs> jaw that could crush a walnut. Yeah. Uh, what else? What else would you consider? Like, cause a lot of people like think like where you're born, right. your zip code is obviously like highly tied to your, your income in life. Um, I think there's a lot of studies that show that college, college. like going to Harvard, Yale, 
yeah. a lot of people would think Ooh, of that. Skin color is a huge one. Gender mm-hmm. is another huge one. And and again, nothing to take away from like if you you know are not a white cis male, like you probably have a harder game ahead of you than yeah. um, than we did. And if your parents went to Harvard and they're in high socioeconomic status, you're probably going to do pretty well. However, these I do not feel are the best predictors of success. And this is an open conversation. I'd love to have a debate on this. But I, I tweeted the other day that uh, when you start is a better predictor of success than where you start. And of course, like some people are going to start further ahead than others. But generally, the people who start the soonest and stay in the game the longest are the ones that will inevitably find success. Like we did not, uh, a podcast on Warren Buffett talked about this. Yeah, we were doing the book Deep Dive um, on psychology of money. And that was the first thing I thought of when we talked about doing this, this episode was the example that we referenced when we were doing the deep dive in that book, which if you haven't checked it out, you definitely should, um, where there, there were some quantifications done of Warren Buffett's uh, track record, like when he started, I want to say it was around 10 or so. He was and he compounded at, what was it, like 22, 23% 22, yeah. year annually for however many years. I mean, he's like in his 90s and he started as a young teenager, so better part of like 80 years. Um, he compounded at that rate and got to, oh, I forgot the number, um, how many billions is he up to? Uh, he, it's at a point now it's where absurd. it's silly to even count it, but it's so yeah. many that it's like... But he was compared to Jim Simons, who has been compounding at a rate of, I think, either 66 or 68%, but he started a heck of a lot later. Mm-hmm. And I forgot the numbers again, but I know that Jim Simons was effectively 68% less rich than Warren Buffett even though his performance was um, at least three times better. So that's, I think, the perfect example of, you know, just starting early versus being the best or having all the the best resources at your disposal. Just start early and keep doing the damn thing. And and I wanted to tie this in to where you and I both started because, you know, I started with a triplex and house hacked it with an FHA loan, put $7,000 into it. You did a a six unit, mm-hmm. um, which is a, a bit harder to get into, but still like we did not start with 200 unit complexes, Dan and myself, mm-hmm. we did not start really far along in the journey, but we built slowly over time. And now, you know, by the end of the year, we'll have just around 500 units under, under management. And it's like, I was having lunch today with my dad and it's like, man, it's just so crazy to think like how far we've come, but so much of it is a function of when we started and just mm-hmm. that we've been doing it for a long time. And if you do something for a long time, it's pretty hard to not be successful at it. Eventually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm the, one of the biggest proponents of, of just the concept of being consistent. Uh, people have heard me say this, whether it's in uh, uh, relation to this uh, current business that we're in, which is that of investing in real estate and, you know, talking about how important it is to be consistent, not even doing really big things, but just consistently doing the right things, even no matter how small they are over and over again. But this goes all the way back to those uh, uh, fitness days uh, when I was coaching people on, on nutrition. And it was it always comes down to the same thing. It's consistency. You don't need to go and run a marathon or do these extreme diets. It's like a little tiny change uh, executed consistently over a very long period of time is going to re incredible benefits, no matter what it is, whether you're trying to build a business, uh, curate a good relationship, uh, lose weight, gain weight, whatever it is you're trying to do, it all comes down to consistency, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, one of one of my favorite concepts is to recognize that consistency beats intensity. So often when we get motivated, it's so easy to just go like ham and be like, ha I'm going to do a million of these things. I'm just so excited. I'm going to yeah. I'm going to wake up like at the beginning of each year. You know, we have our New Year's resolutions and the next day people are going out and they haven't ran a, a mile 
combined over the last three years and suddenly they're like, I'm going to go run five miles and then I'm going to lift afterwards. And they make it exactly three days because now their body's so broken and sore because so unadjusted to that amount of work that they can't sustain it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you're much better doing a hundred pushups every single day for a thousand days than doing a thousand pushups for one day. Like if, if you can't show up consistently day in, day out, and that's really what entrepreneurship investing in real estate in particular are all about. So like if you're at the beginning of your journey, uh, let's say you want to be an active investor, you're a young buck and you're trying to figure out how do I get into that first asset? Just recognize it's, it could be small. And if you just stick with it, like that next one can stack into the next one and the next one and 10, 15 years down the road. Like I wish I had started when I was 22 in real estate and I <laughs> yeah. actively built a portfolio. Cause like good golly, Miss Molly, we'd be so much further along, but yeah, I had a conversation with somebody who's interested in coming to work for us when he's uh, <clears throat> done with school here. And um, the, the fact that he's already thinking uh, about the kinds of things he's thinking about at his age, I was just like, I had to say I was, I was, I was envious. I was like, I didn't, I didn't have that kind of stuff clicking in my head and thinking entrepreneurially, entrepreneurially about growth and building a business until late 20s at the earliest, honestly. I was, you know, caught up in the, the corporate thing for a long time. But just thinking about it, I try not to think about it, but, you know, just think about what if we had, like, happened upon what we're doing now when we we're 18, 19 years old? I can tell you that I really didn't start thinking about any of this stuff until probably 31, 32. So. Yeah. For me, that's like maybe six years ago. Like I started getting into entrepreneurship and building businesses. But even then, I really wasn't thinking about like investing and, and, and building things for the future. I was just trying to find ways to make money to, you know, get out of my van when that was like a decade ago, which yeah. is super fun. Uh, highly I highly recommend. One thing I will say is I, I don't trust the quality of decisions I would have made at that age. So even if <laughs> I did fair. get into this, I probably would have made some pretty big mistakes. I mean, everybody yeah, does, indeed. but I don't want to think about what 20-year-old Dan would have done with a the responsibility of managing a building and, and residence and trying to run a business. No. So. I don't think I could have been trusted with it. But, <laughs> but again, um, if you're a passive investor and listening to this, the same message applies. When you start is more important than where you start, right? So it's not, a lot of times I hear people like, oh, I don't have enough to start investing yet. I'll wait until I get like this much. And it's like, no, no, if you can't do it now with the small amounts, you won't be able to do it later with the big amounts. You just, you won't have the muscle, you won't have the discipline. And honestly, it's better just to start with the small things incrementally in the beginning and, and just stack from there. So I think we're, I think we did it. I think we managed to fill 10 minutes. I don't know if you filled it with 10 minutes of value. <laughs> That's going to be for you to listen or to judge. And you, you go ahead and judge us harshly. Go over to iTunes, drop a review, let us know like how badly did it suck. Um, and we'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of Multifamily Investing Made Simple. If you enjoyed the show, could you do us a massive favor? Head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. Your feedback, it means the world to us as it helps us grow and spread the word about multifamily investing. And don't forget, sharing is caring. So fire this episode over to any friends or family who you think could benefit from learning all about multifamily investing. Thanks, guys. We appreciate every single one of you, and we'll see you on the next show.